Hi everyone, my name is Chris Posty Posterson, and I am back with another super deluxe special edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. This is super deluxe special edition number 24, but just in case you haven't heard one of these before, my name is Christopher. I usually help Scooter with some of the editing of the podcast behind the scenes, but now and again he asks me to take a show that we've already aired to add either some music or some sound design to it and make it a super deluxe special edition show. We do that as a way to say thanks to those of you who are supporting the show as patrons. Thank you very much. It means a lot if you are currently a supporter. If you are not yet and you get value out of the show, you'd like to become one, you can go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron and uh, donate there. Okay, thanks so much. Let's get into another super deluxe special edition Sleep With Me podcast. Hi there, are you up all night tossing, turning, trouble getting asleep, trouble staying asleep? Wondering what it would be like to slow down time on a remote island? Well, welcome. This is the Sleep With Me Podcast Super Deluxe Edition, Special Edition, <laughs> episode number 24. For tonight's show, I took an episode that aired a little while ago where Scooter talked about an old video game called Riven. Uh, and when I was editing that show, I had vague, vague memories of also playing that game as a kid. Not a kid, but as a young man. Uh, and I think its predecessor was a game called Myst. And I don't remember a lot, but uh, I seem to remember one of the puzzles in that game having to do with slowing time down. Again, I might be making this up, but I hope I'm not. Um, so for tonight's Super Deluxe Special Edition show, we're going to get a little weird and play with the idea of slowing down time, of taking you to the remote island that the game Riven takes place on. We'll listen to Scooter's original show on a vinyl, old vinyl record player. If you have headphones on, you'll hear his voice slowly rotating around your head. And as that's happening, there'll be a few elements like a clock or a heartbeat. And uh, those should give you some sort of hints as to time slowing down. And then slowly speeding back up and slowing down even more again. Again, this is one of the more experimental shows, but I hope that this idea of time slowing down Helps you get some sleep. Enjoy. Let me tell you who listened. Lynn, 
Emmanuel Miranda listens to my brother, my brother, and me. So there you go. Also, I like to listen to it. And in a recent episode, well, the last episodes that I heard that came out, uh, they were talking about, like, the, the changing of the year in January. And uh, what are we going to call this new year? And one of the pitches was a 20 ribbon team. Uh, and, okay, they heard the crickets. They say, what did you, what did you say, Scoots? They said, yeah, 20 ribbon team. And named after the 20 years, I think, no, maybe not. Is it 20 ribbon? Is it ribbon 20 years old or 10 years old? I don't know. Oh, wow, it is 20 years old. So, right, 2097. So, uh, and I, I kind of remember the game Riven. And then on this particular episode, which uh, hopefully I'll link to, they also had this other thing they talked about, which uh, kind of drew me in for maybe the second half of this episode. Uh, but I was thinking about this game, Riven. So Riven was a PC game. Now, I'm not going to tell it, like, uh, I won't tell you any facts, uh, uh, because, uh, like, yeah, but I guess this would be, like, so this is a Tuesday, so maybe it'll be trending... Rending Riventine, I guess that's what it'd be. Rending Riventine, an episode in honor of Riventine. And hopefully we can make this into a two-part episode, like a two, like a, like where the story will carry into the next thing. Uh, but so Riven was a video, a PC Mac game. Uh, I think pre-1997 it came out, so pre-console. And it was a sequel to the game Mist, and. Uh, here's what I remember about it personally, because in the like, so this would have been the late '90s. Uh, like, I guess the game was re-released. I, I, don't, I don't know the date, uh, uh, but like, uh, this was the time I was in a relationship. I was living like, like a late '90s, the end of the '90s. So I guess not that long. I don't think I played the Ribbon in '97, but maybe at the end of the '90s I played it. Maybe the early aughts. Uh, I'm not sure I played Mist, and maybe like so. If you're a huge Riven or Mist fan, uh, you know, maybe maybe take like uh, I don't know what to tell you because I probably will. Like also, if you listen to this podcast, my memory just uh, doesn't really it, like re- record stuff when it feels like it. And then she says, "Well, let me show you this picture." I'm not. You make sense of it. That's what it was like when I took a test too. Would say, "Well, I'll show you these numbers. Go ahead and figure it out." I say, "No, no, no. You're my brain. You're supposed to help me here." Well, yeah. Here's a couple pictures of stuff. That's what's in my head right now. Here's a couple pictures of stuff. Uh, but let me tell you the most prominent pictures right now. Was uh, so yeah, like I, I, I was living with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, she was not a gamer. And I think like uh, this was. Like, we talked about video games not that long ago. And I think this was at one point. Actually, I think, okay, I'm pretty sure this was the end of the 90s, because I'm pretty sure I know what my job was. Uh, was when I was installing ergonomic, like, keyboard trays and stuff like that. Um, almost positive that this making more and more sense, maybe. And, uh, let's see. So, I remember, so she was not a video game like, uh, like, not at all, like, and I had been, and I think, uh, so we must have had a computer, 
I'm getting my, like, I may be getting some of my dates mixed up here, but, uh, so somewhere between 1997 and 2000, this could be anywhere in those four or five years, uh, we were, like, in, I, I know exactly where we were, we were in Pleasanton, and so this was still when you would buy, like, we were driving there, for, so we were out there for some reason, and this was, like, uh, and if you listen to that video game episode, what are the two things I used to love doing, uh, drinking and playing video games, and if we're missed in Riven are different, which we'll get to, uh, but so, um,
but so uh, so we went to so at some point we were out in Pleasanton, California, which is like a suburb of the Bay Area, not too far out there. And I think at the time it was the only place there was an In-N-Out Burger. Uh, like there wasn't any in uh, the Bay Area, like the like in Oakland or uh, San Francisco. And so we were, I'm sure we ate an In-N-Out Burger, and then we probably went to Bevmo and got some wine and beer. At some point, we went to this video game store, and I said, "Like, we got to check this game, Riven out." And because it's like, uh, there's games like this now, and I've had like a point-and-click adventure where the kind of um, you're meant to discover the story. It's uh, it, it's it's not. It's more of like a, a think piece, I guess. I don't know. That might be the wrong use of that word, but. Nothing's handed to you on a silver platter, even the controls or anything. Like, if my memory of Ribbon is, like, the, I'm not sure if it came, how much literature it came with, but that you start the game and you don't even know what your goal is or, like, other than, like, anything. Like, you just start the game, you're, you're on these islands. And my, my girlfriend, Natalie, she, she like, was, like, uh, she was into it. Because uh, it was a very, pu- it's a very puzzle-based game, and I don't know if we completed it, but I remember we spent some good time, like, uh, in, like taking, like, working together and taking notes. A lot of note-taking. Some of these puzzles were tough, and it's weird that I just made fun of my memory, but I can see all her notes because she, she had good handwriting, so her notes would be readable, and she was also good at analytical and like math stuff. Uh, so we would play. We would play this game. I mean, we, like I don't know how consistently we played it, uh, and we, I know we never finished it because because there was a couple puzzles uh, uh, that we just never got. Like uh, I don't know where we got hung up on, or maybe just got burned out. But like my memory of the game is, it's very atmospheric and it's very atmospheric music. You're on these islands, and there's like. A, like uh, architecture, I'm pretty sure there's like these uh, like sh- monorail type things that connect the islands. Or you're trying to get access. I remember like underwater viewing. I think at some point you communicate with a whale or something, and that's one of the puzzles. And I think a puzzle is like monitoring, remotely monitoring lights. Like a, a jungle, I guess maybe this won't take long. Like and then like like it was like very like very uh, tropical, like these jungles and uh, you know everything slowly rusting. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully done game. And I actually found like a bunch of old wires from 1987, 97. And I have one on the making of the game that I'm gonna send. I think I'm gonna send it to Justin uh, on uh, Mac, uh, my brother, my brother. But I was like, I'm going to try to read the article first. Um, but so I guess that's what I remember about Riven. I'm trying to think anything more that comes up. I think because I, I didn't know. So I was thinking about Riven, and then I was thinking about uh, uh, like uh, like I was like just like I was like, huh? Could it, could that guide us through an episode? Okay, so it's thinking, like, uh, how would we do this as a rending, like, how can we, like, really bring in Riventine with a, you know, like, 
way it deserves it. Uh, so I, I think I thought of an idea to use a Riven uh, Rens in a way uh, that'll work in, in a story. Uh, I guess this is like a little bit of a gift to the McElroys because I like it. there's a, such a really great people and really great uh, influence on podcasting. Uh, so settle back for the first story of uh, 2017. And you might say, you know, geez, what is going to be the link between Riven and this story? And I'd say very little. Uh, like maybe the link would be in the circus-like nature of my thoughts uh, and the thoughts of the news and, uh, you know, the, the waning fortunes of uh, cir circuses in, in this day and age to have your circus be cutting edge is, is I like uh, as you know I'm a, like I'm, I'm a I'm a person that thinks about going to cir like circuses a lot and not necessarily that it, who does but says man uh, I'd like to be a person that goes to like more underground circuses or circi or cirque uh, uh, but me, I'm not always that person and uh but I was, like, as you know, I, I'm familiar with the story of the Purple People Circus, uh, the founding, like, I actually don't know anything about the founding, but when the founders met, uh, you might recall the episode, I don't know the episode number, uh, but it was, uh, the title was something about a ventriloquist dummy, and that was about the found, like, when the founders of the, well, the creator, and his part, his future partner uh, for the Triple D Circus, the Purple People's Circus. I don't know why it's called. It. I, I think I was the one that, that, that gave them the title, the Triple P Circus. I'm just realizing uh, that there's only two P's. There might be another one. Uh, but Barry, Mr. England, he was in London searching for the next big busker, and that's where he met uh, Martha, Martha Mark, and, you know, they kind of, like, she, she was, a, she had this new ventriloquist act, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, but a little bit more, her, hers was just a little bit more fun, like, it was more busker-based, uh, like, like a more modern ventriloquist dummy show, where, you're not sure if, it, you, you know, she's just, but anyway, like, they admit, like, uh, I guess that's all we knew, was they met on the streets of London where she was busking with her dummy, whose name uh, hopefully I have somewhere, uh, but I, I guess I don't actually have notes, because uh, this say money is moving, I don't know, but her dummy was like, uh, <laughs> who's the dummy now? Uh, her, her dummy was kind of over sass and snark, so, so, but whatever, they, they ended up forming, uh, the, like, the Purple People's Circus, and if you want the details on your wet, their wedding, I'm sure it's at, like, you know, circuscelebs.com or something, but I know they used Archer's theme, and they, they always say, I said, Archer's theme, and I'm not familiar with that song, but I think for... And they were married before the pur like when the Purple People Circus it consisted of uh, three people if you count the dummy. 
and you know after they were married they, they had this dream of building this new circus a social circus subtextual subtextual social circus Maybe I'm projecting some meaning onto it, but uh, you know that was a, just a circus for the for, for the day, and uh, I guess maybe that's what we're seeing now. Is, and, and I think I talked about it in that episode. And maybe it's where Cirque du Soleil tries to be. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't want to weigh in on the circus industry. Uh, but uh, so they started searching the world uh, for performers and just traveling and busking. When they could to, be, to pay their bills, I guess it was their maybe you could say it was their honeymoon. And I, I think they I want to say they were in Prague because I like I loved like I have visited Prague once and I loved it there. And I loved the people there and the architecture. And they, they were going through like a, what's it called? I don't know the name of anything. But I tell you, there's this one plaza, and there's this old church that's just very mysterious, and then there's a bell tower that I went up, or some sort of tower that I was able to go up, and I kept looking at this church, and I said, this is a ch- this is something that's better, a cathedral maybe, and you see, you see it, it's, it's, it's on the other side of the river from Prosky Hard, that's what Prosky Rod, or whatever you call it, Prague Castle. I call it Prosky Hard, and uh, it's what is it like a Starry Maestro, Old Town, uh, but but you like uh, in near the near the Old Town and on your way to the Charles Bridge, I think in like the parade grounds or like a, whatever the like road is called. I guess I won't be invited to Prague, but uh, so I love, but I love it. That's fine. That that'll make it hurt if you don't invite. You know. I should get my facts straight. So, what was my point? So there's this gatehouse that you go through, I think, at a gate room, they call it, uh, and the way there. And they heard the cheers, uh, the cheers of a, like, a happy crowd being, you know, busk up buskies. And it was just breaking up, and, and they saw this gentleman there. And he was dressed in shirts but he wasn't a clown and the crowd was still like they were going up to him and giving him second tips and clapping and, and just like disbelief disbelief and then they, they looked at each other and they went right up to him and he was packing up because it was late afternoon this was the fall and there was a chill in the air and they they, they, they played dumb you know they, they Mr. England said uh, Mr. England Barry, he's, I think sometimes he uses an English accent, but I'm pretty sure we found out he's from Minnesota. Less Martha, but, but anyway, it doesn't matter. He said, hey, uh, well, I'll just use, you know, this is a recreation. Uh, he said, like, hey, wow, uh, did we miss the show? And the performer said, uh, you, you did, I'm just packing up for the night. And he said, oh, it's a shame, dear, I'm sorry that we I've been hearing about your performances like all over the city. People said you got to get down there. My wife, she she loves uh, 
kept pausing, and, and this guy was kind of the performance guy. And uh, he goes, she really, she really did not want to miss it. Very 
loud, you know, tin cans, like to just get a lot of attention, a lot of noise that we don't need right now, but fun noise. And the funnest noise of all, like kids laughing at you, people still like banana peel, like all, every, every bit, uh, even like uh, he accidentally stand, stands on the rubber, like he thinks he's, like he pretends he can't see the rubber chicken. And he stands in it, and then like like it makes a noise, and then he like looks around, and then the kids are like like that brings the kids over because then they say what? And he says they say under your feet, and then he pretends that the chicken he says oh oh Bernice oh Bernice you know, you know and then the kids are cracking up, and then the adults have to come over, and then he like uh, then he asks the kids to help, just put the stuff away. And then they say, like, uh, the kids say, well, what would you do? And he said, well, I was going to, like, I'm just going to get going. I'm headed to Bucharest with these two. Uh, and he said, like, unless you, like, does anybody want a show? Like, like, and then he goes, oh, no, I can't do my show because he can't find my, 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 uh, my, my Miss Marmalade. And then they say, like, he says, like, uh, geez, I got to go to the church. I got to go to the temple. And I, I, I God, I can't find my Miss Marmalade. I need, I got, I need some help from beyond. And then they, he's like, uh, like, uh, like uh, and then he pretends to, to, to weep. And the kids, like, then there's even more kids and more parents. And the parents, it's a little bit over the top. So the parents, even the kids, can pick up on the fact that he's kind of kidding. Then he whispers uh, to Martha to play, like, to get over to his boombox to play Village Entrance theme number one. something that's really good that of course I've missed or I forgot but like something to connect uh, like like his like sadness to hope uh, where he uh, whatever he does that and he says well then now I have a great idea that gives me a great idea maybe a kid I think what happens is he waits for somebody to sneeze or whisper I think it must be that like situational maybe someone sneezed that was it and then he pulled out tissue style, thousands of tissues, and, and that's when he gets the idea. I don't know if he does it if no one sneezes, because uh, then he does like a bit, like a, what do you call that, mime bit, where he's trying to pull back the tissues, it's too hard, and he says, oh, and he says, do you think you could all help me? And then if anyone isn't there, he calls, he says, ladies, come over here, come over here, who believes in the power of magic?
this is very cool stuff. And believe me, Mar at this point, Marta and Mr. England are like uh, a jackpot. Too bad we lied about the circus in Bucharest, but we'll figure that out. Because uh, he has all these tricks, like he, he so he has the like the, the string of handkerchiefs, but then he starts swinging it like a rope and telling this elaborate tale of climbing the Alps or like obviously the local mountain range or wherever uh, I don't know like all the mountain ranges of the world because but it, like let's just say the Alps and somehow he like throws it up in the air and it like sticks and then he pretends he's climbing he doesn't actually climb but I don't like I don't know how he made it like just handkerchiefs into a rope that like and then maybe into a stick I don't know the illusion but he talks about how he used to go in a moiety cave and saying like he was adventuring there looking for this rare ice they had like that he this mother liked to drink so then he gets silly again and like does an imitation of his mother like and he like he's like asks the kids if they have to do chores because he says this is my chore climb the Alps and bring this ice back to me mother and uh, he could like uh, even then he tells him to play the moiety theme or whatever to Marta and then he says he, like he's, he was in the cave and uh, like he was looking at the ice and he saw this ice glowing further on and then he slipped and he fell in this uh, giant ice you know kind of polar bear would ride and he said it was like a boat ride it was in this river in the cave and he said he's traveling through the river and he goes into the lake uh, like this giant glowing room and he said there's a wizard in there and the wizard says oh finally you're here and he goes oh no he goes I just need it I'm just here for ice for my mother and then he does he he said have you ever met a wizard to the kids and it's uh, depending on the air. I think at this they said no, no, no. And he said, well, there's some unpleasant wizards, and this was one of them. And then he said, I was telling him about my mother, and then he was like wanting me to, you know, be quiet. And he's like, I'm just here for ice for my mother's drinks. Uh, like I got to get back to the village. I can't uh, stay for much longer. And he goes, so the, the wizard says, well, well you're going to be staying for a long time. He goes, because uh, look around, we're not just in a cave. And that's when he realizes, like, they're in, like, a like a, an ice bubble, it looked like, like a giant globe. And this, this uh, the, the busker said, they were like, I don't understand, uh, like, uh, he goes, well, this is, he goes, I'm like, this is, he goes, I don't know how you got in here, but he goes, I, he goes, I think uh, I'm going to swap spots with you, because this is my prison. I'm the wizard Moiti, and long, this is a whole other tale, you know, but he goes, long ago, you know, I think he links it back to his mom, he says, you know, my parents, I didn't do my chores, so he hands it up for the parents, and starts to, like, soften them up, you know, your kid, you know, like, or tip later, you know, well, do you get paid for your chores? So a lot of banter, really, really well done. Also, he was doing, like, he had other props, uh, but he says, oh, no, no, you won't, he goes, what are you, like, he goes, I'm trapped within this bubble, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, like, he said, like, he says, well, I'm not saying, I gotta get this ice back to me mother, and, and I'm not gonna stay here with 
you. So then he says there's a chase, and he said, I couldn't believe there's other rooms within this bubble, but then there's a red, red cave room. And then I get into this room, it was Wark's room or something. He said, I'm in here in Wark's room. And he's trying to hide from the wizard. And he had his cheek up against, like, the wall of the, I guess, of the bubble. I wonder if I could melt this bubble and get out of here. And then he said, I felt the bubble speak back to me. And said, you can. Your warmth, uh, like, think of your mother, your warm feelings. And then he had a like, then he used that to make the audience laugh. But he said, I need some ice for my mother. And then the, the bubble kind of, this is, this is the short version. But, you know, the bubble said, well, I'll need your help uh, uh, to keep Moiti with in the, 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 the in here, and uh, so that no one uh, else stumbles upon his prison again, you know, the, like this. And it, then they said so this when I met Miss Marmalade, and it, then he does a thing like Miss Marmalade, and this is very elaborate, not good for sleep, but it's very visual. Uh, but basically, uh, but like he still had the pretend mountain climbing thing. And up at the top, you see the shiny, like, a flash of a, like, a, like a, a ball, a crystal glass ball with something glowing in the side, inside. You don't know if it's the reflections. And I guess technically it's called the Fushigi Ball. I didn't know this because I thought it was, like, ma I, I, you know, I, like, thought it was his creation, magical creation. Uh, but then it rolls down the, the handkerchiefs into his hand, and he says, well, perfect timing, Miss Marmalade. I wish I would have paid attention with the, with the name, because it doesn't, it doesn't seem to fit, but at the same time it does, because the kid, and then he's talking, and he's doing these, like, uh, like, a, like I think these Fushigi things, I did watch a YouTube video. And they're like those balls that seem to levitate. Now this one, it, it seemingly levitated. It didn't seem to levitate. Uh, it was like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, uh, like it was, this was high. If it was Fushigi art, this was the, the, the pinnacle of Fushigi art. And so then he's doing things, and then they're kind of, he's re like uh, closing out the adventure of how they, uh, he escaped and she shrunk down. Like, uh, like he, like he was supposed to rescue her. Then he brought back. Like he didn't have the ice. So, my, so then he said, I started. You know, I made a deal with uh, Miss Marble. I miss. Her name's not Miss Marmalade, but, but uh, like in order to keep uh, uh, the the moiety in the prison. Uh, like, uh, and he says, play Catherine's prelude. Like he goes. Uh, because we still weren't sure because the, the, the globe was shaking, you know, when I got it back to my house. And, and I, so I think I got ahead of myself, like, uh, and then the mother was trying to do, like, what is this? Maybe we'll sell this for ice. And they said, no, 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 no. And he said when he was struggling with his mother, he realized that it was uh, sapping the wizard of the wizard's power. And so then he said, well, then I got away from, you know, my mother because, uh, like, I earned my freedom from her uh, as her, you know, ice, uh, goes because I bolted. And he goes, so now I have to do these tricks with the, the, the ball, like, uh, 
like to keep the wizard so the wizard goes to sleep. It's kind of like rock, and then and then he goes, your parents ever rocked you to go to sleep? And all the kids are like, oh yeah, 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 I remember being rocked by my parents. And uh, yeah, he goes, yeah, they'd you know they'd sing you a song like the the Gen Lullaby, and the kids are like the Gen Lullaby, and he goes, well that's the lullaby I sing to Moody. But he goes, it's actually more of a, he goes, he goes because of the prison. And, and then, he, but then he also does stuff because the kids don't buy it, of course. So a lot of the tricks, I, don't know, I guess a sleep podcast isn't the best place to promote uh, the greatest uh, like, performer ever. You know, but then he pretends, I think that like maybe, like I'm trying to think if I should tell you about the climax of the show. Because I think he says, because I think I missed a part where, he, so he goes and gets it, then at some point he realizes he gets out, and then he makes a deal to, to like, with uh, the magical orb, Miss Marmalade, uh, to shrink down, uh, to have him hold it and guard it. I think he becomes a guardian of Marmalade. That was one the kids laughed about. Uh, I think, at least in the places where people know Mar, maybe he calls it uh, Miss Jam and other places, or Miss uh, Jelly. And then he talks about then the thing with his mom. I covered that. I missed something in there about. Uh, I think at one point, maybe the maybe maybe I'm like like I think that then the wizard one night comes to him. Uh, oh, because I think like uh, he, he gets homesick. I think that's the other thing with the kids. He uses that one, the heartstrings, and also uses it to get the tits. Because he says, "Oh, like uh, you know, I moved away, and I learned to do these tricks to kind of ride." Maybe he did. Yeah, he says, "That's it." Because then he says, uh, "Yeah, all my tricks are lullabies to put the wizard to sleep." And so then he does some tricks. Maybe they're slow motion. Maybe that's to Catherine's theme. They think also Martha had never queued up the music for this performance before. So it's not, you know, it wasn't perfect. Uh, but then he says one, like, I think that the climax, oh boy, I knew, I remembered the climax. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, he, he becomes homesick. So that's the, because then the wizard, uh, one night comes to him. Like oh, singing all the lullabies and everything, he starts to miss his mother. And I think because he's maybe he's in Iceland, because that would be you could probably make that funny for kids, and that would make sense. And so then uh, one night the wizard comes to him in his dream, and he's a very nice wizard now. He got so much good sleep from being rocked and lullabied. You know, I mean, you think about a, a good place to sleep, like an orb, like cli I think climate controlled by magic, you know, is a good place to sleep, it, like uh, with some padding and, and stuff like that, like clouds. But so, let's see, where was he? So the wizard uh, comes to him in his dream, and he says, I see a fissure in you, you miss your mother. And then he shows, like, this is very, this is a little bit, like, par for the course. Like, he shows him the movie, like, about his mom within the globe. And she's missing her son. 
And then a fissure opens up in the thing. He says, like, it's very emotionally resonant. And then he's, like, even sitting, and somehow, I guess, like, I don't know the technology, but at some point he's sitting in the audience, and this is projected, like, like you're seeing this, the audience is seeing this. So this is like some VR, like it's not even VR level, it's an R, 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 actual AR, actual reality Fushigi. Like if somehow, I mean presumably he's projecting an image within the, the, the Fushigi ball. And you know, it, like pretty, I guess the fidelity was pretty good. Cause, so then he, the, the busker, is sitting there watching it with the family like of his mom, and, and then, he, then he does more of the show, oh, maybe I should go back. Then it gets into more mimey thing where he's like, like showing his emotional pull and pull like with the ball. Little interpretive dancey. I mean, I don't want to, like, like I said, she's like, uh, I mean, if I was telling this story, we would have had like one less plot point. No, or, and no, I guess two more plot points or plot points. Uh, but he has this whole thing with the ball and back and the forth uh, and deciding and uh, like, uh, like well, should I go into the ball? Then he gets interactive with the kids and the parents. And then, you know, the wisdom of children, like he finds a kid with a mom and he says, well, would you go with like, and then the kid says, well, no, no, There's a, you have to keep the wizard in there. You could just go home and visit your mom, not by magical rift just go home and he says oh thank you thank you then he this is a little cheap too he like he, he says well the train tickets are so expensive and like he says well who would want to help like and i said man i don't know if like this is ethical uh, he says well like and of course he get like he rolls it in like people are like well because whoever would want to help me go visit my mom uh, you know, do, do you do you throw in a few dollars, you know, like, uh, and even like Mr. Ink, but it, I mean, it's rough out there being a busker, so who am I to judge? Uh, but don't worry, because then he get, once he gets everybody's money, he, t- he does this, like he does a climax where he says, then I realized that there was still a fissure within the thing and like, cause then Miss Marple, Miss Mar, whatever they call Miss Marmalade called him, and so then he does a whole nother show, like a climax, like uh, where there's he's battling the wizard, and trying to get the wizard back to sleep, and and then like using the thing, like he said, well, have you ever, who has a older brother, older sister? And then, you know, then he, cause then he becomes out with this, uh, like, uh, very, um, like, soft martial arts uh, solution, you know, non-conflict oriented. He said, Jesus, arguing with your siblings ever work? So really, parents are getting, the, you know, the, the money is getting money, the, you know. And then another thing, like, with fireworks inside the Fushigi ball, and then finally, like, taught, like then this heartbeat within the Fushigi ball that's raising him up off the ground. And then he really does, he climbs up that rope that he, like, whatever mechanism he had must be really strong because he pretends the Fushigi ball 
he's pulling him upwards up the Alp, the rope they had going up the Alps, and like levitating him, which totally mesmerized him. Then there's fireworks. Then he must pull like a little, another Fushigi ball, a miniature one that's uh, like has an ice projection. And then he plucks it out and uh, like brings it back down and like drops it in a drink. Uh, and then like sits down exhausted. And uh, then the show, like, like the show's over, but he does sell like a cheap, uh, pretty much like a, like one of those light up ice cubes uh, to the kids too, if they want that. And of course, like after the show, like, uh, I mean, you know, it's not perfect. Like it could use refinement, but Martha and Mr. England Barry are like, holy cow. Uh, by the way, we're not the most ethical. We don't have a we don't have a circus yet, and we we don't we're not we're heading towards Bucharest in search of performers. And they said, well, would, like they didn't even know what Fushigi was, much like me. And I don't know if that's a brand name, so I don't even know. I mean, that's just like the like. Uh, but I guess I don't know what you'd call it, like a glass, like like. Uh, what is it called? What do they call them? Crystal ball. But, but the Fushigi is more of the levitation part and bringing it to life. Uh, so they say, geez, well, the, the, like, uh, so that was how the first uh, uh, Bhutanic performer of, uh, it was weird that the, like, uh, the ventriloquist dummy wasn't there. But uh, yeah, and that's how, uh, I don't even, I never catch, caught the dude's name. I would say Phil Fushigi, but. Maybe that's it. I couldn't read it. But yeah, that's a little bit about uh, the first Bhutanic performer hired by the Purple People Circus. Uh, good night.